Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hello, everybody. This is an exciting podcast. I have a big announcement to make. You're not going to guess what it is. Well, I'll try. But we have had children living with us, parenting, raising kids, doing life together, all shapes and forms of toddlers and preschoolers, elementary, middle, high schoolers, college kids, post-college graduates have lived with us. We have had kids living with us now almost 35 years. That's insane. I know. It sounds insane to me, too. So here's the announcement. Our last child, he doesn't like for me to call him the baby. And I get that, you know, when you're in your mid-20s, nobody wants to be called the baby. But my youngest child has moved out. I have entered a new phase of life. All this time I think I'm going to have. Well, I'll just tell you right now, newsflash, I don't. I thought I would have it too, but I don't. And many of you are sitting there and you're staring at the mess. You're looking at the Legos and the sink full of dirty dishes. Gosh, I hated a sink full of dirty dishes. I still do. You're looking at the fact that there's glasses like all over the place because your kids don't do just one glass a day. I want to talk to you about that. I, I want to bring that back up. You're thinking, I would love to have my kids move out, but they're eight and nine years old. <laughs> it's not really possible. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this with you. All the feels going on here. Now, when my first child, because I told you, I told you last week, I was going to kind of like pull back the curtain a little bit, kind of give you a glimpse into the life of uh, my life in a different way. <laughs> but when um, my first child moved out, and, and actually, let's see, did they move out in order? I have to think about that. When my first child moved out, I, I had the other kids, they were like casting lots for his room because he was a college kid. He got his own room. Now, up until that point, people often say, how did you do it with all the kids? Do you have this like mega mansion? No, my children shared rooms. The girls shared the rooms. My girls always shared a room growing up. And my boys... I have three boys. They always shared a room until the oldest hit college. And then it was like, you know what, college kid, you're going to need to be up late studying and you're just going to have a weird schedule. Your schedule is going to be different. It's the beginning of the pulling away and growing up, right? I mean, they're growing up in the teen years, as you know, through parenting beyond the rules. But this was a time for him to kind of get that little refrigerator in his room, the one he's probably always wanted when he was in high school so he could hide his own snacks and his brothers wouldn't eat them, and, and on it goes. 
So yes, he had his own room and a little refrigerator so he could buy whatever snacks he wanted that were his so he could come home you know, from college. Now, this may not be you. you know, your kids may all have separate rooms. Mine didn't. And it was very important that Tom and I that they do have, that they share a room. So moms, if you're feeling guilty right now, because I know, I know many of you do, you feel like you're not giving your kids enough that they should all have their own room. Well, I respect that that may be how you feel. But for, for us, we wanted our kids to share a room because there's something about that shared environment, shared space. There's also this beautiful thing that happens as your kids hit you know, when they're, in ele- when they're in elementary, when they're the younger years, you know, they, they do fun things at night when you put them to bed and they'll chit chat and they'll giggle and, you know, stuff like that. Then you hit the middle school years and it's, it's not as much giggling. It's a little more in-depth conversations or bearing their soul or just cutting up and being, if they're boys, you know, burping or something like that. You know, just stuff, throwing the pillows, things like that. Then when they hit high school, it gets a little deeper. The conversations get a little more serious and they start talking about their dreams or their frustrations. And it's not always rosy, rosy. They're not always happy. But our kids shared a room until, like I said, my oldest hit college and he got his own room. And so to, okay, so I got to tell you this. All of my children lived at home while they went to college. And I did talk about this last week when I was like, how do you teach children? How do, how do you teach children? You know, I'm asked that all the time. And I, I, I referenced how my kids all went to college and graduated college debt-free with no loans, and we had no college prepay. And Tom and I didn't pay for their education. You know, they, we didn't pay their bill for their college. But one of the ways we did this, here's a tip, is they lived at home and they commuted. We live in an area that that is possible, and maybe you do too, and especially now with so much online distance learning, I, I would be amazed if college kids ever go back to the campus the way they had in, before March of 2020. I mean, there's just so much freedom in distance learning. I mean, there are some pitfalls and disadvantages of not having eye contact with a professor, and I get all that. So that's not the point of this conversation. The point is the leaving of the nest, the launching of the kids. There's there's a lot of people out there that are telling you like, how, these are this is how you launch your kids. And I get that. There's a lot of people that have launched a lot of kids and they have a lot to say about how they launched their children. And then there's a lot of people talking about how you're gonna like launch your kids and they've got a plan of how they're gonna launch their kids. And I think that's great. I had a plan too until my kids got older and then I realized <laughs> it didn't actually go the way I thought it was going to go. So when my first son uh, was time to move out, I was, I was blown away. I was nervous. I was afraid. I was tearful. It was the beginnings of the new season or the next season of our life. And if you have listened to this podcast for any time, you know that um, our family had three goals, and that our kids would love the Lord, that our children would love doing life with their family. I mean, doing life with us where, you know, they want to call us. You've, you, I've talked to you about this before, where 
we wanted our kids to call us and and say, hey, you want to watch a movie or you want to do a bonfire or you want to go out to dinner or do you want to go on vacation? Those are like my favorite. But I knew something was happening. And this time right now, I know many of you are coming to wrapping up of a season. You got You got a few months left. You want to finish this year strong, this semester, because you know when that tassel gets turned here soon, things will be different. And that's why I'm doing this podcast right now. Things are different. I launched my first one. I didn't ever want my kids to be, my relationship to be with my children, that they would be like, I can't wait to get out of this house. Thanks for all the stuff that you've taught me. I don't believe or buy any of it. Thanks for the car. Thanks for the food, whatever. See ya. I mean, that. some of you, that's what you're living right now. You've got a lot of battles going in your home, and you're thinking, I don't have much time left. How can I salvage? How can I restore? God, please redeem what the locusts have eaten. Help me repair these relationships before this child leaves the house. Because there's this stirring in your soul, this this knowing, this intuition that you have of it's going to be different. And it is different. So when it was time for him to move out, he graduated college and he was he had worked a little bit and he was getting ready. He had graduated college. He had bought a home and he was going to move out. And I remember the kids were casting lots. They were so excited. A new place to go hang out. We're going to go hang out at our brother's house on Friday nights. Or we just, we're going to get more space. Somebody gets a new, somebody's going to get their own bedroom. How cool is that? As we were in his bedroom, the boys were helping uh, my husband and my son load up, you know, whatever he had in his bedroom. That was kind of like our thing. Whatever's in your bedroom, you can take. And then we'll fill in with other stuff that we could have or garage sale it or whatever. And as we were loading everything into the U-Haul, I was doing the mom thing. You probably, if, you've, if you're listening to this, and I know I have a lot of parents, a lot of women who listen to this podcast, your kids are grown, so you'll just be able to, be, you'll be nodding your head, yep, yep, I'm so with you. Some of you are facing the tassel turn soon, and you're going, what's it really going to be like? And others are thinking, it can't come fast enough. <laughs> In that an amazing place, how our perspective can change over time. So we had gotten this U-Haul, loaded all his stuff up in the the U-Haul, and I think at that time, I was in the bedroom while they were loading up, and I had to busy myself. You know how you have to do this, Mom? Sometimes you you have this nervous anxiety or maybe fear of crying. You don't want to cry because it's a good thing, but why are you crying? And that was me. So I went in there and I had a toothbrush and a th- glass of hot water and a, a rag. And I was scrubbing those baseboards because, you know, well, I hate to say this, but he didn't really like ever scrubbed his baseboards. So I had to, I was just trying to clean. I was deep cleaning. The kids were out there saying, who's going to get the room? And I was just, I was just crying as I was cleaning the baseboards because I knew a change was coming. And he couldn't see me crying. I didn't want him to see me crying. And so he walked around the corner. He's in his mid-20s, right, at that point. And he flew a paper airplane into my room. 
And I totally started crying. I'm going to cry right here just talking about it. I totally started crying because when he was a young child, now he's a man, whenever to break up the stress or if there was a conflict or if he wanted to apologize or he wanted to let me know his feelings, he would write a note or color a picture or something and make a paper airplane and he would fly it in to wherever I was. It could have been, mom, can I have a a little Debbie snack cake or can I go play with my friends? Whatever it was. Sometimes it was, mom, I'm really sorry. So those paper airplanes, they meant a lot to me. I knew there was something there. And it flew in and he had done it just right. It flew right under where I was cleaning the baseboard. And I stopped and I wiped my eyes and I read the note. And I still have this note. I should probably take a picture and maybe put it in the show notes. And I read it and I just started boohooing, you know, the the ugly tears. And the kids are thinking, gosh, what did he say? He's got mom all upset. And I said, and basically he was just telling me how much he loved me and how his moving out doesn't mean he's moving away from our relationship. Such affirmation that this mama's heart needs. And, you know, I have tears in my eyes just thinking about that moment. I can go back to that moment. And it's been a while. I can remember the shirt I was wearing, the headband I had with a ponytail to try to keep the hair out of my face. I remember where I was, what part of the wall I was cleaning when that paper airplane flew in. So we got... You know, I had to compose myself after I was done crying, and he thought maybe he'd upset me. And he kind of, if he could bring me the tears, the kid's goal was always if they can make mom cry, they've done a good thing. And that meant they touched my heart. So we had loaded up everything, and some of the kids were riding with my daughter, and he was riding with, you know, his dad and I in the truck. And we get to his house, and the kids are all running around. Oh, my gosh, this is so cool. And we unpack his things. It took a while. It was a lot of fun. We painted. We, I mean, we just went in there and we just put the Albers power and creativity to work. So, you know, we had our artist and everybody was just doing a thing, painting, redecorating, cleaning, just getting their brother's house ready. And when we were getting ready to leave, uh, Tom and I walked to the car, uh, to the truck, and we got in the truck and Paul walked out and we had given him a hug already. And I was like, don't cry. He's a man. Don't cry. Don't be that. Just go. Yay. This is a good thing. I go back to the truck and we start to get in and he opened the door to get in the truck. And then he had this moment. I will never forget the look on his face. He had this moment. He looked at us. I, okay, I am crying at this point. And he looked and he goes, I'm not going home. Yes, I'm crying. And I went, no, you are home. And we got in that truck and we drove away and he's standing in front of his new abode, just waving to us. Of course, we got pictures and all that. And I I just remember that like it was yesterday. It's it's kind of like you can remember that day when your child started walking, you know? You can remember that day 
when your child made it on a team they were trying out for, or they accomplished something that was a big deal, it was life-changing. Well, this was life-changing. It was forever going to change the dynamics of our home. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. I was a little scared, to be honest with you. Would he call? Would he want to come around us? Had we done enough? Was he ready to face the world? Would he know how to manage a home and all of its complexities? I mean, those were the those were the thoughts that flooded my mind as we were driving home and I'm wiping my tears, and my husband really didn't say much. I think we were both very choked up. And of course, by the time we got back, the kids, the other kids had gotten back, and they had already moved in. It's like, okay, he's out next. Perspective, isn't it? Well, the first is always, I think, the hardest in some regards because you're really not quite sure what that's going to look like. What will your relationship look like? You don't really know, to be honest with you, because life has a way of ushering in new friends and new schedules. And he was going to be getting married soon. And that was another like new, memorable, defining moment in our family. But then when my daughter wanted to move out, she just, she wanted that experience. She had a bunch of girlfriends and it was a different experience for her than it was for him. I don't know if he broke the ice and, our, and, and because he did remain close with us, you know, he called me probably every day for a while. I don't know if somebody put him up to it and said, hey, call your mother. I don't know. <laughs> but he called me every day, usually on his way into work just to check in. It made my day. Of course, my daughter, then she moved out. And uh, she actually ended up moving back because all her girlfriends got married. And she's like, well, I guess I got to go. She called and she goes, hey, can I come back home? Would you mind? <laughs> and so uh, again, kids are going through college. Our homeschooling journey is happening as the kids are going to college. It's just like, a f it's just spinning crazy. Just a fast, fast paced life. And then my third child, when he uh, was dating a young woman, and it was leading toward marriage. He had graduated college. Then it was time for him to move out. And we knew he was just going down the road. The other guy, my, old, my oldest was just like a far enough away where you just can't drop in like for a moment. But this one was just moving around the corner. We're like, ah, we'll see him all the time. I was great. And again, the relationship maintained and grew and solidified, but it was different. The relationship with my first two that had moved out the way that they maintained relationships with their siblings and with us was a little different. And when we got to our fourth child, man, she was chomping at the bit. She is, you know, she's just a very um, planner, achiever, strategist. You know, she is, that's just her jam. She's just very good at that. And she wanted to move out because she wanted that that sense of, let me see if I can do this on my own. And there was no doubt that she was going to kill it out on her own. But again, she moved right around the corner, three minutes from the house. But she needed that sense of independence. And again, there wasn't that feeling of, will they ever call us again? So I have to 
I have to tell you about why this, my fifth child, my last child, how different this is. Well, because being the last of a large family, like the youngest of a large family, it has its challenges. So moms and dads, as you're listening, if you have a lot of children, I want you to realize the dynamics are very different for each child and how they perceive their place within your family. Where do they fit? Do they fit? And if they do fit, where would that possibly be? And if I'm not fitting in, why does it seem like I'm not fitting in? Why am I not measuring up? Why am I not like everybody else? So there's a lot of dynamics that go on in a large family as you're moving through each season and you're trying, you're trying your level best to give each one what they need. And sometimes, uh, sometimes you might not. Sometimes you might miss it. Not, not for the whole time, but there'll be times where you, you just kind of look back and you go, oh, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I spend 10 minutes longer in their bedroom when they wanted to talk about something really important to them, you know, as you're putting them, tucking them in and putting them to bed? And you sit there and you think, oh, I, you kind of look back and you think, oh, that 10 minutes, I wonder what we would have talked about. No, I'd be to be, a, I mean, who's kidding who? It's never 10 minutes. It's normally an hour and you're falling asleep, right? Well, our, our last child has had the world flipped upside down on him in the midst of everything. I mean, we've had uh, the economy issues that he's had to face. He's had... Uh, starts and stops in the economy, nothing like his other siblings had experienced. He has a different story, you know, being furloughed and brought back and let go and then get another job only to be let go because things shut down. And it's a sad plight. And meanwhile, they're looking around going, all right, well, what is wrong? Is it me? Why is everybody else, everybody else, aka my siblings, why do they all seem to be flourishing and here I'm floundering? And you, and you keep encouraging them as God gives you opportunity to do that. And you'll text them a verse here or there or a tip here or there. And, you know, we knew uh, people have always asked us, I've done so many segments on multi-generational living because you guys know we had my mom live with us for a little bit. We've had my husband's father live with us for a bit. Uh, all of our children lived at home during college and after college for a bit. Uh, I'm just, you know, now multi-generational living is a thing. I mean, it's like, yeah, everybody's doing it. Saves money all the way around. Well, it wasn't that big when it was more viewed as, oh, you're living in your parents' basement. And I used to have to speak out against that. No, that's not it. You know, they're wise with their money and their relationships are good and everybody pulls their weight. But, uh, you know, he's he's had a few more hurdles to overcome. And we knew this day was coming. We didn't know when. Again, we didn't want to get to the point where we had to toss somebody else, say, get out of the house. You know, we we didn't really want that. And I know some of you are facing that. I'm going to say right now, if you are facing that situation with your, you know, young adult or adult children, uh, that is, that is okay. You have to be the parent. It is your home. You do have to establish the groundwork, the, the ground rules, really, of how are we all going to get along and do this. And if everybody's not 
uh, pulling their weight and helping each other out or practicing common courtesies, it, it isn't going to work. I'll just tell you right now, it doesn't work. So when we knew it was time and we all said, hey, we'll all know when it's time, meaning his dad or mom and dad and that particular child, we'll all know when that child is is ready, when there is that sense of they can manage life, budgets, bills, work, eating, like all of that. And so when we were planning this, you know, we'd given a date, hey, we think it's time for you to go now. It's time for you to to take the next step. Uh, you know, he'd be laid off or something like that because of the furlough, because of COVID. But that has now settled down and changed. And so we had this conversation. I said, hey, you know, you're going to be moving out. And I need you to let me know like what you might need and I'll, I'll, I'll help you. And he said, well, I might not be, you know, going out as soon as I thought. And I looked at him and I said, well, our, our expected move out date is this weekend for you. <laughs> he turned around, looked at me and he's like, what? And I said, yeah, it's, it is time. But the minute we said that and, and he knew it wasn't out of harshness, it was just out of, hey, it's just time. God's got, God's got plans for you and, and it's time for you to go um, step out into the next season of life. Man, he's been packing and purging and asking about budgets and how do I how do I analyze certain things. He's had the most incredible growth. That's beautiful. It's it's wonderful. And as I am watching this, this as I've been watching this, you know, transpire and planning and uh, plotting it out because we do little graphs where we'll put all the furniture in place, like a little scale model. And showing how how everything could be laid out and him asking, well, could I take this? Could I take that? And I I had this moment where, again, it was like the moment I had with my first child. Our lives are going to be changing yet again. What will this look like? Now, he's clearly told us, hey, I just want you to know, I'm probably not going to be coming back as much as my siblings are. He told me, he, he told me what to expect. I'm probably not going to call you every day. My heart started to hurt a little, but I had to take those thoughts captive. And here's why. Because he's telling me I have to grow up. I have to step into this next season of my life in a way that I can process it in my way with, I need space to figure it all out. So I text him and I, I said to him, oh, sweetie, that's, that's great. And I said, hey, do you think we could grab dinner before you move out? Because I know you've let me know we might not see you for a little while. Now, he's not moving far away. I mean, it's not very far away. And I'm sure we'll see him more than he thinks we'll see him, especially when I have a washer and dryer and food in my fridge. You know, that always does help. But I, uh, he texted me back right away. He's like, absolutely. No, he didn't say, oh, mom, I'm going to be around all the time. No. And you know what I didn't do? I didn't put any expectations on him. Now you call me on your way to work. Now let me know how you're doing. Now be careful, be wise. You know how you were raised. You know whom you belong to, you know who you represent, you know we're always, I didn't do any of that. I smiled, I cheered, I brought him boxes. 
helped load. When he invited us to his place, we were there to help unpack. I smiled, I nodded, I gave hugs, said I love you, and told him he's going to do well. At the same time, moms, when we have these moments where we know life is forever going to be different, we have a responsibility to cheer on and breathe life and encourage and give our children this sense of, you can do it. I'm cheering you. I am your greatest cheerleader. I am your greatest cheerleader. Do you know that I am? I had given him this card a little bit ago where I just wrote who he was and how much I loved him and how much I delighted in the man he has become. Not expecting anything, just knowing that he will keep that card. And and when he's discouraged, he's going to look at that card and he's going to see his cheerleader standing there saying, you got this. I know some of you might be in tears right now because you're thinking, I don't know how I would do with that. Or what if my situation isn't like that? Well, it's fresh for us. I I don't know what that's going to be like. I don't know what it's like to not have humans, but I will tell you, people are in and out of my house. I feel like a revolving door because somebody's always coming over, which is a beautiful thing, which is what we were looking for when we were building our family. So if you are coming up on a season where you're going to be turning the tassel and there's a lot of uncertainty, or if you think, oh my gosh, our relationship is a stress mess right now, how do I get it so that He isn't, my child isn't just like clamoring to get out of the house, that it's on good terms. Focus on the relationship. So whole, it's it's kind of like why I think God had me write Parenting Beyond the Rules. I've seen so many families absolutely destroyed at the hand of unbending rules. I spoke last week when I talked about how do you teach your children, and I, I spoke about how do we how do we teach them? Well, we have to know them. The time that you're investing, like right now, with the littles, the babies, with your middles, with your high schoolers that are keeping you up at night with anxiety because they're doing things you wish they wouldn't do and you're fearful that they might go off in, in a direction that is detrimental to them or maybe destructive to your family. You have to trust God. See, God gave you those kids on loan for him, to bring him glory, to point them toward him, because he has a plan, a purpose, and a calling for their life. And as much as we would like to script it out, we don't know how that script's going to go. Not until we walk through it, and then we're able to turn around. And I promise you, I was a, if I could have written the script, man, I tried. I Trust me. I thought I had this parenting gig. When my kids were early teens, I thought, man, I know what I'm doing. My kids are great. I focused on the relationship. It was going to be smooth sailing until it wasn't. I'm so glad I did not write a parenting book when I was in the middle of parenting. I, I think of those verses, woe to, you know, woe to him who led somebody astray. I, I'm sure I would have probably... Uh, heaped coals on my head. But I didn't, I didn't want to write a parenting book 
until the fruit or the lack thereof. The heartbreak that comes suddenly and unexpectedly or how God is able to take something, a broken, hurt, harmful relationship and turn it around. And then those kids become your best friends. It does happen. It can happen. It's just that we have to remember the children are on loan from God and that he expects us to be faithful. And, and you can ask the Lord, and I did every day, to help me love them well, to help me be the parent that they needed me to be so that I could teach and train them in the way they should go. Help me to love them unconditionally. Help, them, help me to manage my expectations. So I'll keep you posted on how this, this goes. Uh, I don't know. But I know this is another defining moment in the life of our family and in the lives of my kids. And I share this story with you again. Many of you have got some kids out of the house. Some are getting ready to turn the tassel. Others are still very much in the trenches wondering, how is it all going to go? I'm going to admonish you to be careful who you watch and who you listen to, who you follow, because you don't always know where they're going and how your journey is going to be. And I want to admonish you and invite you to consider being very guarded and careful and not comparing yourself to what you see other people doing and how they're telling you to do it because they're having success. They're not, their kids aren't your kids. And you aren't them. You mother different and your kids love you differently. And that's an important part to remember. So as, as we think about the launching phase of children, I just had to share this story with you because it's fresh and raw and real. And we see so much change happening in our, our culture. I wanted to leave you with the hope that you can build amazing relationships through the teen years, that you can have confidence and joy in knowing that God will use the time that you're investing in now, but it is work. And it's a beautiful story when you get to the other side and you're able to look around and smile and, and drive them away in that U-Haul and help them unpack and set up the beginning of the next season of their life. It's an incredible thing. It's an awesome honor and privilege to be able to be stewards of the children that God has given us. So that wraps up this episode of Equip to Be. I hope it was a blessing to you. If it was, please tell your friends and, and share it and, and let me know what you have, any questions that you have. And you can also check out what uh, the show notes where I will reference what we have and what I've said uh, on this podcast. Have a great day and we'll till next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equip to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member. And hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.